You're listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Brought to you in association with OvertimeIreland.com. Now, here's the OTI guys. Hello and welcome back to yet another Overtime Ireland Football Podcast. This is our Thanksgiving special, I guess we'll call it, our Week 13 Preview. Lots of stuff needs are going on around the National Football League, and of course it is Thanksgiving, so I guess we'll start the show by saying happy Thanksgiving to everybody, in particular our US listeners. Uh, thank you for listening to the show, DJ. Anything that you're thankful for here on the Overtime Ireland podcast? Yeah, Colm, of course, we have to thank all our fantastic listeners for tuning in to each and every podcast and for reading all the excellent articles put up on OvertimeIreland.com. And don't forget, Colm, all the interaction on our Twitter, which is at Overtime Ireland. Of course, DJ, uh, thanks to everyone who does listen to the show. Thanks for anyone who is spreading the word of Overtime Ireland and, of course, the podcast, the website, the Twitter handle, whatever it should be. Our Twitter handle has over 3,000 followers, so we do thank you for your increased support over the last kind of 18, 16 or 18 months. Uh, it is much appreciated. Hope you're all having a good week. Hope you're ready for some NFL action if you're listening to this after Thanksgiving, which is Thursday, if you're listening to it Friday, Saturday, Sunday, the layout of this show is going to be a little different than what we normally do due to the three games we're having on Thanksgiving. We're going to preview them at the end of the podcast and we're going to preview the Sunday games to start the show. So that way that even if you're listening to this later in the week, the games that you're listening to first will still be relevant. You can always listen through to the end and see if we got our predictions right or wrong. And later on in the show, we're going to be joined by former NFL quarterback Sage Rosenfels. He joined me earlier in the day to talk through some of the NFL games this weekend. And of course, he talked about some of the talking points in the NFL and DJ, none more so than RG3 and the, the change of quarterback there in Washington. So looking forward to sharing that with you later on. Of course, Sage played in the league for over 10 years and uh, played with a number of franchises around the National Football League. So as always, his thoughts were very informative. As always, DJ, we do thank the listeners, as we said, for listening to the show. If it is your first time listening to the show, please do subscribe. You can listen to us in all relevant formats. We're on iTunes, Stitcher, or on the OvertimeIreland.com website to stream. You can listen to us. Take us on the go. Listen to us wherever you are. If you're cleaning your house, hoovering your car, going to the gym, walking the dog, whatever you're doing, you can always listen to the Overtime Ireland podcast. So, uh, DJ, we always start the show. Last Word in Sport. They are our partners here at Overtime Ireland. Great Last Word in Sport Radio Network. Some fantastic shows up there. I'm really enjoying listening to some of the other guys up there. Number of, number of other good NFL shows, football-related shows, college shows, and you know there's even MMA podcasts and so on. So whatever sport you're into, check out Last Word in Sport. Do check out the radio network because that'll help support Overtime Ireland as you're listening to us. Maybe you're listening to us on that network and uh, their website is lastwordinsport.com. Their Twitter handle is at lastwordinsport. DJ mentioned already our Twitter handle at Overtime Ireland. Our website overtimeireland.com. So later on the show, DJ mentioned that interview is coming up with Sage Rosenfels, but we'll get right into the games upcoming in the week. This will be the Sunday slate to start off, and then we'll get into the Thanksgiving games. Games. Want to know who's going to win every NFL game this weekend? It's time for the OTI Weekend Preview. So DJ, later in the show, we are going to be joined by Sage Rosenfels to talk through some of the games. The games that we haven't talked through with him already, we're going to talk through now, and we're going to leave those Thanksgiving games, of course, to later in the show. But what game, DJ, do you want to kick it off with? Is it uh, going to be a surprise this week, or is it going to be the one I think is going to be the main event? Gone, we'll kick off the, the week 13 games with San Diego Chargers taking on the 
Baltimore Ravens. So DJ, you went for one that I I, I thought you were going to go with the, the main event. Maybe we'll leave that to the last game to preview, maybe. I don't know what way you're going to take it. We'll let you take the driving seat on picking the games. And you mentioned there the Chargers, DJ, 7-4. and four. The Ravens, 7-4. and four. So this should be a cracker. You know, both teams are trying to make the playoffs. And uh, whew, look what the Ravens done to the Saints, DJ, on Monday Night Football. And the, the Chargers just barely got over the line last week against the St. Louis Rams, so it's, a, it's going to be a tough one to call. I have to say on paper, DJ, at the minute, the way both teams are performing, I'm going here with the, the Baltimore Ravens to win this one. It's at home. They are, in my opinion, the better team at the moment. They're trying to win their division. Although the, the Chargers could claim to try and want to win their division, I think uh, the Broncos will probably still seal that up. I think the Chargers are going to be in third. I think you'll see the, the Chiefs coming in in second there. So I think uh, Philip Rivers started the season on an MVP, MVP pace, and it's uh, chilled off a little bit in recent weeks, and I think... We'll see uh, the Ravens, both defence, shut down the run. They've been very good against the run this year. And overall, in the whole, we've seen you know, Jimmy Graham didn't get a lot of success against the Ravens on Monday Night Football either. So I think we'll see the, the Ravens get the job done here, uh, pick up the W and move to 8-4. and four. And then you know, the Chargers are going to be at 7-5. and five And you know, their playoff, playoff pursuit is going to be in a little bit of trouble. Cleveland Browns column, travelling to Buffalo to take on the Bills. The Bills will be back in their home stadium this week. They sure will, DJ. They're, you know, they, they were they were snowed out last week, and there's there's quite a bit of damage done to the stadium. But they they they're confident enough that they'll have it all ready and set up and ready to go for this week's game. The Browns, DJ, led that big comeback last week with Brian Hoyer. Uh, you'll hear some bits about Brian Hoyer later on in the show with Sage Rosenfels and his thoughts on him. And uh, he uh, he led the team to that drive that allowed them to get the field goal. We talked on the previous show about you know the clock management by the Falcons and so on, but. He helped them pick up the win against the Falcons. He's going in here to Buffalo. Buffalo absolutely wiped the floor. He's with the New York Jets. Uh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Were you impressed by the the Buffalo Bills, or were you extremely disappointed by the, the New York Jets? Yeah, come you know me, never disappointed by the Jets. They never fail to surprise me either. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I predicted that you were hoping for a, a tied game in this on uh, the, the the Monday show. <laughs> you didn't quite get a tie, but the the Jets got blown out. The Bills, DJ, have been impressing me on defence all season, and that there again, their special teams that a block punt for a touchdown and so on and so forth. So I think uh, it's really going to be a defensive struggle here. I think both quarterbacks, some question marks maybe over them, and then both defences have been very, very strong in recent weeks and basically the majority of the season. The Browns seven and four, and you know everything's in their own hands really. And then the Bills, you know that they're they're going to struggle to make the playoffs with the way the with the way the Miami Dolphins are playing with the way the Patriots are playing. So I think the Bills are just going to see how good of a season they can have and. You know, they have a good record at the Ralph Wilson Stadium and, you know, they're coming home. They missed a home game last week. I'm sure the crowd are going to be right up for this one. I'm just going, DJ, on what I've seen this year and overall. I think it's going to be a very, very low-scoring game, but I think the Browns with Josh Gordon coming back and another game with him, Brian Hoyer. I think the running backs have been impressive over the last few weeks, Crowell and um, Terrence West. So I'm going to give a win here on the road to the, to the Cleveland Browns. Calm, I want you to listen very closely to the next set of figures, and that's... Uh... Four and seven, New Orleans Saints taking on the seven and four Pittsburgh Steelers. Did you think at the start of the season we'd be able to say numbers like that for those two teams? Well, it's always possible, DJ, but um, the one thing I wouldn't have thought if you told me those numbers, I wouldn't have thought that the New Orleans Saints still could win their division, while the Pittsburgh Steelers, even with that record, could yet miss out on the playoffs. So that was something I didn't think at the start of the season we'd have a four and seven team leading a division at this late stage. And uh, the New Orleans Saints are certainly in that situation. The Saints, DJ, we talked about how good they usually are at home. Well, they had three games at home in a row. Rarely happens that you get three back-to-back games or back-to-back-to-back games at home, but even more so that you lose all three of those games. So they had three games at home, 
in a row, lost all three, so you can see why they have that four and seven record. And usually their season's built on their strength at home. They usually struggle on the road, and you know their season is on the line at the moment. They're just lucky that they're in the division and the way things are going with the Falcons and all around them. So we'll uh, we'll go here. The, the Pittsburgh Steelers had a bye week last week, late bye in the season. Get some boys, you know, a bit of freshness in the legs, get a bit more relaxation, and get ready for this game. So they'll have game plan for the New Orleans Saints. The Saints are in a bit of trouble, as I mentioned, DJ. Uh, you know, it's hard to know. I put out a tweet on Tuesday morning. Should uh, we just scrap this division, give it an extra wildcard spot? So we had a lot of Lions fans tweeting in that they would like to see that happening, but uh, it was all in a bit of fun. I think uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers did you win this, and the way things have gone, that there since defense cannot stop any offense at the moment while they're on the field. So I think we'll see Big Ben and Le'Veon Bell in particular carve up this defense, and uh, I think it'll be a comfortable one, in fact, for the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers here. Andy Dalton's Cincinnati Bengals getting the win over Tampa Bay in week 13. Yeah, DJ. Do you agree? Yeah, I think DJ will have to agree with you on that one. Uh, Obviously, it's in Tampa, so anything can happen. But, no, the Bengals, DJ, this is another situation. A lot of people know I talk about bets on the podcast from time to time. A lot of teams, DJ, when they play back-to-back road games, the first and second game, they can tend to win the match or cover against the spread. But then in the third game, normally a a come-down game. A game we've seen that recently was when the the Broncos faced off against the Rams. That was their third road game. They lost to the Rams in in St. Louis. So you're looking here, DJ. The Bengals played uh, away to the Saints. They played away last week, and now they're playing away again. They bet the Texans last week, in fact. So we're looking here, DJ, at the third road game. We'll see what happens. I think, on paper... By far the better team, the Cincinnati Bengals. Which Andy Dalton turns up, we don't know. True pick six last week and still got the win. So I think uh, the Buccaneers' defense has been a little bit better. Lost on the road last week, of course, to the Bears, who haven't been impressive. So I'm going to give a win here on the road. DJ, I've gone for a few road teams so far. Going for a road win here for the Bengals, and it'll be under a touchdown to 10 points, I think. I think Andy Dalton and AJ Green, you know, that combination's always going to work. And, you know, they had uh, Giovanni Bernard back last week to play, and, you know, Jeremy Hill's playing quite well as well. I've been impressed with him. So I think overall, DJ, we're getting a getting a win here for the Buccaneers. It'll be interesting to see Vontez Burfix missed a few games for them. He's a key player for them on defense, and defense just isn't the same without him in there. He's, you know, he was out at the time that the, the Bengals lost to the Patriots, so he should be back soon. Uh, if they get him back in defense, it'll really help them. But you know, having the run game with the Buccaneers has been terrible basically, and uh, most of the stuff has been terrible for them. Josh McCown was poor last week with the number of turnovers that he he got caught with. So I'm giving a, a comfortable win here for the Cincinnati Bengals. The 1-10 and ten Raiders column traveling to St. Louis to take on the Rams. Is this a clear-cut game with a Rams win column, or can the Raiders go to 2-10? and ten? Well, let's put it this way, DJ. If we're going for just the record, if the season started last week, we'll pretend the season started last week for all those Raiders fans out there in Raiders Nation, and uh, we'll say that they're 1-0, and oh, DJ. They, they won last week, so they're on a winning... Well, we can't say streak yet when it's only one game, but they're on a, they've won their last game, we'll say. So, uh, you know, the Rams last week I thought were unlucky when they played against the San Diego Chargers. I thought they probably done enough to win the game. A kind of silly throw by Sean Hill very, very close to the end of the game that sealed that he threw an interception in the end zone. And, uh, you know, they could have went for a field goal tie to try to get overtime. So that there was a big, big mistake. They had a number of other issues with penalties and so on and so forth. But I think uh, overall, DJ... The Raiders at times, you know, they're, they're definitely putting in a big effort in every game and they've been close to getting results in games but just haven't got over the line. They got a win last week. I'll be interested to see what the effort level is this week, whether it's still as good as ever or whether it drops off a little bit after getting that win. But I think they'll be trying to uh, go here and get a W. But the Rams' defense in recent weeks has really stepped up, getting a lot of pressure on the quarterback. I've, 
have been very impressed with them. You know, they started off the season, they'd, I think they only had like two or three sacks after seven games, and then they played the 49ers, of course, we'll all remember, and they bet them and really dominated uh, the offensive line of the 49ers. And, that, and they've been continuing that over recent weeks. So I think uh, it's going to be a tough game. The last home game they bet the Broncos, but since DJ the Raiders have uh, won last week and they've only won one all season, I'm going to go and just go for the upset special here, and I'll, I'll take the Oakland Raiders to, to pick up another win with Derek Carr. See, uh, depends on uh, Ladavius Murray last week. He, he had a big game. He had four carries, over 100 yards and uh, two touchdowns, and then picked up a concussion. So we'll see if he passes concussion protocol. But if he does, maybe another nice game from him here, and we'll, we'll see what they do. But since they're 1-10, neither team has a lot to play for. We'll go for uh, the Raiders to pick up a win. So uh, are you going for the Rams, DJ? Are you sticking with the Raiders? Yeah, I'll be the sensible one in the group and go with <laughs> the Rams. So if you're putting money on it, go with the Rams, not the Raiders. <laughs> Yeah, DJ, it's a, it is. I mentioned uh, there's a lot of snow in Buffalo last week. It was very cold. It is very, very cold here in Donegal in Ireland this week. And I uh, don't know what it's like down in Galway with you, DJ, but uh, I'm sitting here and my feet are freezing, my hands are freezing. I have a cup of tea and uh, it's almost cold already. So very, very cold weather, I'm sure. Same stateside, same in England. But uh, maybe, the, maybe the cold weather's going to my head with that pick of the, the Oakland Raiders. But we'll see. Next game. There's one team column in New York that changed quarterback every season even a few times a season but we're not going to discuss them we're going to discuss the other team in new york and that's the giants they're taking on the jacksonville jaguars this week but is it going to be soon column that the giants could look at another quarterback before we talk about quarterbacks dj um, i'm sure that was your favorite new york franchise you're talking about there that playing on monday night football and that is the new york jets but speaking of the speaking of the giants dj I, I watched uh, the majority of this game um, on Monday Night Football and uh, Sunday Night Football, sorry, rather, and uh, I was impressed overall with how the Giants were playing. They had a few injuries, obviously, all season to the offensive line, got a couple of players back on that offensive line. I was impressed with how they were able to you know, work against Dallas's defensive line, try and move things about. They were doing a lot of stunts and so on and so forth and push it, pulling guards and all sorts of things to help out in the running game. It was the first game where I was impressed with the running game all season. They also had uh, Jennings back, who uh, has you know come up from Oakland last year in, in, in the offseason, and I thought it was one of his better games. I thought Eli overall didn't play too bad, DJ. I thought he was having quite a nice game. Odell Beckham, as I mentioned on Monday's podcast, absolute superstar in the making at the moment. Whether he continues to improve at this trajectory is uh, one thing or another, but I have been very impressed with him. So I think... Uh, Eli's definitely not going to be changed to quarterback, DJ. He's going to be there for the rest of the season. I've absolutely no doubt that I can't see him being benched. Um, he, he started the season well. He had three or four very bad games in a row, and particularly the game against the 49ers with five interceptions. But overall, DJ Le Manning hasn't been... He's been he's been better than he was last year, let's put it that way. And uh, what is in the backup situation there is, <laughs> is not for the faint-hearted. So I think we'll see him there after the season. We'll see, but... I can't see the Gi- the Giants not keeping him there. I think they'll give him a new contract because quarterback position isn't an easy one to find anyone that can play at a, a consistent level. And I know you think he's consistently bad, but whatever way he is consistent for the Giants, I think in this game, DJ, we're going to see more Odell Beckham, obviously. I don't know what we're going to see. I just have a sneaky feeling, DJ. The, the Jaguars kept the Colts very close to halftime last week, and then the second half, the Colts pulled away. If they can keep this game close at home, get their home crowd behind them, I think they could they could sneak one here. They're 1-10 at the moment, so they're going to be their level. Now, who's getting that number one overall pick between them and the Raiders? I've already picked the Raiders one, and I, I don't know, DJ, if I'm going absolutely crazy, but for the sake of it, you know, we'll see. There's going to be upsets every week, so I'll try and go for another upset special. I'll take the Jaguars here. Blake Bartles has been inconsistent at best uh, in his rookie season, throwing some very bad interceptions, a lot of mistakes. They just couldn't get the run game going quite as well as you would like to see, as they have done in recent weeks against the Colts last week, so... 
I think uh, we'll see them put in a big effort here at home, and I think they're going to they're going to pick up a win. Their defense, DJ, has been steadily improving over the last few weeks. And again, what I'm thinking about it, the Giants now, DJ, was that five or six in a row they they lost after that Cowboys game and they came so close. It's it's really hard to know. I could go either way if this result and. I'm going to go with the, the better offense. I was nearly about to take the Jaguars. Go with the better offense. And I think the better offense, DJ, is the, the New York Giants. So one on the road for the Giants. Nearly, nearly took the Jaguars there. Did you think I was going crazy once again? Yeah, come. I thought you were leaning towards the Jaguars for quite a long time there. Yeah, but I was. You managed to do your traditional set-on-the-fence routine and then swayed one way. And no doubt if Giants fans are listening in, they'll probably have swayed the other way come Sunday. Sunday's... Game time. Great balancing act. Uh, great balance standing on that fence. These are sitting on it, whichever I want to do. But I guess now when the result comes on, I can say, oh, I, I picked that way. I picked both ways. The 3 7 and 1 sounds like a telephone number or lotto number column, but that's the Carolina Panthers record so far this season, taking on the Minnesota Vikings. Will Cam Newton improve or will Matt Asiata and the Vikings be able to get a win here? DJ sounds very. You're very pumped for this game, DJ. I can tell the excitement is just pulsing through you as you talk about these two teams. Uh, the Panthers need to Cam Newton. Can he improve? He has to improve. He hasn't been very good in recent weeks. He had a bye week last week to try and sort things out. Him and Kelvin Benjamin's about the the only bright spark in that team this season. Well, Greg Olson, I have to admit, has been good at tight end as well. Defense has taken a big drop off from last year with Greg Hardy out and. Uh, you know, there's not a lot to like about them this season at the moment, but um, they're playing the Vikings. It is in Minnesota, outdoors again. I thought Teddy Bridgewater had a nice enough game last week against the Packers, some nice moves with his legs. Had a couple of mistakes again, but always we expect with a rookie quarterback. I think overall, DJ, it's going to be a lot of running in this. The, you know, both teams are fairly similar in how they're set up, I think, at the moment. The Vikings' defense has been better than people think as well this season, and uh, I think overall, going to be a very low-scoring game, in my opinion. I think... Um, you know who gets the points on offense is going to be going to be key. I think if it comes down to kickers, DJ, the better kicker here plays for the Minnesota Vikings. So this here game you mentioned, uh, the Panthers could be a lot of numbers or something. Well, the score could be a soccer score in this. It could be six three or something like that. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. But I'm going to go here, DJ. I thought the Vikings uh, were unlucky against the Bears. I thought they had a, a positive performance last week, although they lost against the Packers. And uh, I'm going to give them a win at home here, going to five and seven for the Minnesota Vikings. Picking up the win against the Carolina Panthers here. J.J. Watt at home to the Tennessee Titans this week, Colin. <laughs> yeah, don't forget about the rest of the Texans. We have J.J. Watt here. No, but uh, in all seriousness, D.J., the, we mentioned on Monday, so the quarterback changed the injury to Ryan Mallett. Takes in Ryan Fitzpatrick to start a quarterback again. So a lot of quarterback changes this week, D.J. Uh, the Redskins, obviously, with Colt McCoy coming in for RG3. The Texans, Ryan Mallett coming, or dropping out, and we have Ryan Fitzpatrick coming in, and we have change up with the Jets as well so lots and lots going on at the quarterback position but in this game in particular DJ we have seen Ryan Fitzpatrick throughout the season we've seen what he was able to do and Zach Mettenberger we've kind of seen glimpses of what he can do in and out and overall DJ I think this is a simple game for me to pick I think we're looking at the home field advantage as the Texans I think the better defense is the Texans and I think the better offense is the Texans even with the quarterback change you have Andre Johnson I think Arian Foster could be back for this game if not we have Alfred Blue coming in for him and then you have DeAndre Hopkins and Andre Johnson as well so lots of pieces there in offense to like and uh, the only real piece that I would have any serious doubts about is the quarterback so that's always a problem I think here we'll get a, we'll get enough out of the Texans the Texans win this one easy You mentioned quarterback changes earlier on this game's going to have at least one new kicker and that's <laughs> Denver taking on the Kansas City Chiefs 
Smooth transition. Denver with no kicker for about five games there. <laughs> um, I suppose Mr. McManus was there, but I really think the Broncos may be regretting releasing Matt Prater, despite the fact he has went to the Lions and been, well, atrocious to say the least. <laughs> but Kansas have a good kicker. Yeah, DJ, um, the rookie kicker in Kansas has been fairly solid, but uh, you mentioned there, Brant McMahon has cut by them. They've signed Connor Barth, former Tampa Bay Buccaneers kicker, and obviously we've had Connor Murray, Pat Murray, sorry, off the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on a few times, uh, kicking kicking now for Tampa, and uh, he bet out Connor Barth in training camp. So Connor Barth now has got a, another job up there. He's he's playing with the Broncos, so you know he could uh, he could have broke got a big break there. He could actually be going to a possible Super Bowl contender, or definitely Super Bowl contender. But he's definitely going to the playoffs, in my opinion. So uh, a nice a nice coming off signing off the street, but. Kicker position, DJ, is a tough one. You missed your kicks. I mentioned he missed one uh, in the red zone on the game last week against the Dolphins, and the crowd weren't too happy. There was disappointment by other players, throwing helmets and so on and so forth. So he's out, he's out of the Broncos. We have Connor Barth in. We're talking a lot about kickers, DJ, in this year. I was talking about the Minnesota game being kickers. Uh, we're talking now about the Broncos. There's another person in this game that might have something else to say. That man is Peyton Manning. I'm sure Alex Smith will have something to say about it too. But the Chiefs defense, DJ, has been, been very good this season. They picked up the loss last week against the Raiders, which I'm sure they're not happy about. That was on Thursday night football. So playing Monday now, they've had a, a quite a bit of time to to rest. Almost you could call it nearly a bye week, and uh, they're playing the Broncos. So seven and four to them, eight and three to the Broncos. If they were to win this, they would go tied with the Broncos at the top of the division. So that'll be very interesting going into the end of the season. I think these though the Broncos will win this one. I think they're uh, the much better team. They're, they're likely to have Julius Thomas back. Manuel Sanders played last week, so he's bound to be a bit more healthy. Demarius Thomas is playing sensational. The Broncos' defense hasn't been great, but you know, the, in recent weeks, I, I was plugging them at the start of the season. They haven't been great in recent weeks. But uh, I think um, you know the Chiefs aren't putting many balls downfield, so I think that'll be an issue for them. I think the Broncos, if they can get a lead, the Chiefs are going to struggle to come back. So I think it's easier Broncos win here. Probably an easy enough win for the Broncos. And you know the Chiefs losing Eric Berry now for the rest of the season, you know, with uh, with his health problems off the field. We'll see we'll see what happens to the Chiefs and how they respond, but I think I'm going to have to go for a Broncos win here in Sunday Night Football. Colin, you mentioned at the start of the show that you thought I might go with the main event off week 13 first, but... The main event. We'll not discuss the main event off week 13 to Monday show because that's the Miami Dolphins taking on the New York Jets. <laughs> oh, of course. Uh, I'm only kidding with you guys. <laughs> that game's definitely not the main event. The main event is the New England Patriots, 9-2, and two, going to take on the Green Bay Packers. And I just want to give a big shout-out to Greg Rosenthal of the NFL staff. He's the only person who's predicted the right result in this game. <laughs> Unfortunately, Dan Hanzus, Kevin Patra, Mark Sessler, and friend of the show Chris Westling have all got it badly wrong, but... They all have to flip a coin and pick one of the teams, and unfortunately they've all went with the wrong team, but I'm sure you're going to agree with them, Callum. Yeah, DJ, of course, you're obviously looking up at the, some of the picks on NFL.com, but I uh, have to say, DJ, my man uh, Chris Wesley knows what he's talking about when it comes to football, and he's picked the Green Bay Packers of all teams. Uh, who else thinks the Green Bay Packers are going to win this week? I have two fingers pointing at me, so this guy... And I think they're going to they're gonna pick up a win here. It's going to be tough, DJ. I've uh, heard some different shows talking about this game in the last few days. And I think the 27 points, DJ, since that Kansas City Chiefs game, 27 points is the lowest points total in a game for 
the New England Patriots. So they're firing all cylinders in offense and you no know, defense is shutting down teams. They shut down the Lions last week, and you know that's impressive when you've Calvin Johnson and Golden Tate in the form that they had been previously. So uh, I think it's going to be a tough game, and you know I think it's going to be a very high-scoring game. I think the the Packers are going to try and get out to a lead if they can get a lead up, and then you know the run game might go out of the window a little bit for the Patriots we'll see what happens how the game progresses I think whoever gets into an early lead obviously is going to have a a distinct advantage in this game both teams like to play in slightly similar ways but we all know kind of what way the Packers are going to come out and play they're going to come out and throw the ball a lot with Aaron Rodgers they're going to run it a bit with Eddie Lacy and screen steady Lacy going to try and do basically the same thing as they do every week but um the Patriots, DJ, you know, you don't know what the game plan is. It's hard to know what they're going to do. We've seen them against the Colts. It was all Jonas Gray. We've seen them last week. We had a, a better running, and it was mostly LeGarrette Blunt. No sign of Jonas Gray. We had Stephen Ridley in there. You know, all Gronk one week, then the next week, last week, two touchdowns for right. It's all changing up every week, and that's what Bill Belichick does so well when he's game planning. It's very hard to plan for him. So I think it's going to be it's going to be a tough, tough game for the Packers, but the home field advantage is the one that swings it for me. If this was up in Foxborough, DJ would agree with you, and I think the Patriots would probably win. But, you know, if the Patriots are to win here, DJ, let's uh, start talking even more serious about them being uh, Super Bowl-worthy contenders. And uh, I think this is, could be a Super Bowl preview, but very early days yet. But uh, if the Patriots get a win in Lambeau, and obviously, you know, that'll shake shake the Packers' confidence a little bit uh, if they were to meet in the playoffs. So I'm going to go for a narrow win here for the Packers. I'm sure you're going to go for a, a win for the Patriots. Yeah, Colin, I'm sure you're hoping that Aaron Rodgers is going to be hitting Jordy Nelson one or two times, but... <laughs> Yeah, I I just like, I'll just I'll take that up now. DJ DJ's quarterback in our money league. We're all trying to get into the playoffs this le- this week. There's a lot of teams tied on the same record. It's very very tight. I think there's nine teams in our twelve team league can still make it into the playoffs. It should be a fun week. But DJ, a uh, bit of a dilemma for you. You have Arn Rodgers at quarterback. Will you be sitting Mister Rodgers this week? Is he? Uh, are, you, are you that confident in Mister Drell Revis and Revis Island? Very confident in Revis Island, Colin. <laughs> but I'm also confident that. They might let Rodgers get the ball up towards the end zone and then <laughs> stop them, keep them to Mason Crosby getting fin goals. And yeah, it's, a, it's, a game, it's a game, DJ, I'm really looking forward to. It'll be interesting. Uh, the show Monday's going to be interesting. Maybe it'll be just a complete breakdown of that game, uh, <laughs> a one-hour special. But uh, it's a game I'm looking forward to. Obviously, uh, different allegiances here on the podcast. I'm going for the Packers, you're going for the Patriots. Should be a lot of, a lot of fun to, to watch that one. Just, DJ, a funny note I noticed just before we came on to record was that uh, Bill Belichick was asked in his press conference uh, what's any similarities between Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. I don't know if you've seen his response yet, but his response, the similarities between the two is they both wear the number 12. So uh, you're getting a typical Belichickian reply there, and uh, no surprise with his interviews that Bill Belichick comes up with something like that, but... With those games, DJ, on Sunday, all previewed, we're going to go in now. We have some other games that we haven't previewed yet, but I have them previewed already with Sage Rosenfels. We're going to talk to Sage now about some of the, the games from around the league and, of course, some of the big quarterback talking points. So let's get Sage on the show right now. Now. Hi, this is former NFL offensive lineman Ross Tucker, the host of the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, and you are listening to the Overtime Ireland Podcast. Joining me in the Overtime Ireland Podcast now is Sage Rosenfels, former NFL quarterback. We had the privilege of having Sage on with us a couple of times a few months back. Some of you may have heard those shows, some of you may be newer listeners to the shows, but they were all very, very interesting conversations, and I'm looking forward to having this talk with you now, Sage. But first of all, thanks for coming on to the show again to talk to us. Hey, thanks for having me on. 
Of course, I said you played in the NFL as a quarterback for over 10 years and you had many different stories you told us, including playing with Brett Favre and many other ones uh, on the last time you are on. But I'm going to get you on this time to talk a little bit about the games coming up this week and, of course, Thanksgiving coming up also. So a lot of stuff happening in the NFL this week. We're getting into the, the real thick of things. Most of the games I've picked out to talk with you are based around uh, quarterbacks and get your take on some of them. I know you're doing some work in the media now talking about different quarterbacks and writing about them as well. So first game up on the slate... Uh, Jay Cutler against Matthew Stafford, the Bears and the Lions on Thanksgiving. These here are two quarterbacks that many people talk about, you know, that they obviously have talent and uh, that they have potential. And, you know, it's around the time now that we start saying they either have it or they don't. Um, They're kind of getting a bit older and potential can't last forever. What's your overall thoughts on the two of them and how do you think this matchup's going to go? Well, I think these two quarterbacks are really an interesting point in their careers. You know, they are the franchise guy. They've gotten the big contracts, and uh, the team has put a lot uh, into them. And they've got a lot of weapons around them. Both of them have really good receivers and tight ends and backs. And, and uh, both of them having, you know, different types of years. Stafford's off the year really, really hot and playing really, really well. And more recently, the Lions have not played as well. But they have played against two of the best teams in the NFL the last two weeks, which is probably why they've lost. Uh, the Bears... Started off the season slower, but uh, they're starting to make a little bit of a run here, winning two in a row, trying to get back in the playoffs. So, you know, these two quarterbacks, uh, you know, the, the rest of this season is going to sort of say a lot about them and, and their careers. But, uh, you know, it's not all in the quarterbacks. So the rest of the team has to play well. Uh, and, you know, you know, as an example, Chicago, the defense have not played uh, great uh, this year or last year. And so it's not all in Jay Cutler. Yeah, you mentioned that there. Obviously, Calvin Johnson, you know, should have a should have a big game this week going up against that Bears secondary. Golden Tate's been playing well too for the Lions. But have you been surprised at their uh, inefficiency, particularly in the red zone? And they've no touchdowns now in eight quarters. The the last two games, both against the Patriots and the Cardinals, no touchdowns for the Lions. Was that has that surprised you? That is surprising. Uh, though the defenses they play against are, are very, very mm-hmm. good. The, the Arizona defense is one of the best in the NFL, and and uh, the Patriots have just one of the smartest defenses in the NFL with uh, with Bill Belichick running that defense. So you know Bill really understands how to take away teams' weapons, and he's probably the best uh, in the NFL. Coach Belichick of the Patriots, uh, he's probably the best in the NFL uh, at taking another another team's strengths away. And the strengths of the, of the Detroit Lions is Calvin Johnson, Golden Tate, that receiving crew. Uh, and he tried try to make them run the football, and they stopped the run. I was having you know fewer guys sort of in there to stop the run. So um, you know that the the, uh, the offense has to has to come this week and find a way to get Calvin Johnson the ball. You know he hasn't been healthy for most of the season. He's been sort of off and on, and and a healthy Calvin Johnson is hard to stop in the NFL. Yeah, that's for certain. And obviously the Bears, um, they've they've put up touchdowns in the last few weeks. You know they've Branton Marshall and Sean Jeffrey and Matt Forte. So they're the two big targets on the outside. So Cutler can hit them, but. He always has his, his issues with interceptions, and uh, I think in this here game, looking at the strength of the, the Detroit defense, the weakness of the, the, the defense of the Bears, I think that's where the major advantage is here in the game, and I think that the the Detroit Lions will take a major advantage of that. I can't see the Bears winning this game, really, if I'm, if I'm quite honest. Uh, do you think it's going to be a Lions win on, on Thursday night? I do think the Lions are going to win. I think that the the Bears' offense versus the Lions' defense is not the story of the game. I think the story of the football game is what do the Lions, what does the Lions' offense do versus the Chicago Bears' defense? It, you know, the Bears' defense has been one of the worst in the league over the course of the last few years, and, and the Lions' offense has you know those big time targets. So uh, as long as Matthew Stafford doesn't throw the ball away and throw the ball to the other team and and hold the ball and then just try to get the ball to be his big receivers and his weapons, I think that the, 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 the uh, Detroit Lions should be absolutely fine in this football game. But, uh, you know, it should be a fun one to watch. I think it's a, it's a great uh, classic 
Thanksgiving type of game uh, here in the state, near Chicago and Detroit, two cities that aren't very far from each other, two old rivalries in the same division playing on Thanksgiving Day. Yeah, I think I might have got my words mixed up there. I was saying that the, I meant that uh, it was going to be Calvin Johnson and Golden Tate and Stafford going against the defense of the, the Bears as well. <laughs> I, might have, I might have said it the wrong way when I was saying it, but so I think we do both agree on that game. The next game up is uh, the Colts and the Redskins, and you know obviously it's come out that RG3 is not going to be starting this game. It's going to be Colt McCoy starting, and uh, obviously the last time we seen Colt McCoy playing, he led them to a victory over the uh, Dallas Cowboys. So you know he he, he was. He impressed me more than I thought he would in that game. He wasn't sensational, but he got the job done. RG three, you know, this year was the the draft dilemma back in uh, when in two thousand and eleven when the when the Colts went and took Andrew Luck and the Redskins then traded up to get RG three. From that draft night, isn't it amazing how the the two routes of those two quarterbacks have travelled? It is. It does seem to happen. It's happened before in the NFL with Peyton Manning and Ryan Leaf yeah. uh, back in the late nineties, where the, the guy who was drafted in one spot ended up being a star and the other guy didn't do so well so you know i'm not sure what's going to happen with rg3 but uh it looks to me like he is probably done in washington unless colt mccoy gets hurt and, and rg3 gets put back in in the game at some point this season it looks to me that uh the redskins have, have decided to sort of move on from rg3 i don't think he'll be to be a part of their long-term plans uh going forward that he'll probably be on another team next year uh, they seem to sort of given up on him, and I'm not sure if it's a mix of his quarterback play and that he hasn't played very well, or maybe some of the stuff in the locker room or off the field that they're you know not a big fan of. Uh, you know, I'm not in that locker room, so I don't know the, the precise details. Only those people know in that facility. But uh, you know, looks like to me, RG3's plans are over. You know, Colt McCoy did do a nice job earlier this year. Uh, he has won a lot of football games in his collegiate career. He's one of those guys that. Just seemed to win uh, for the most part when he when he was there, and uh, you know, he's going to get he's going to get a really nice opportunity here uh, with the Washington franchise. Yeah, one of the questions came in. It was actually it came in from Tom Marshall. Came in before the news came out that RG three was going to be benched for this game, but this question still applies. I think he says that RG three, in his opinion, needs a complete reboot. Can it happen in Washington? I guess you've answered that already. That you think his time in Washington's up, or or, or will they have to move him on? But. Where do you think that the uh, the Redskins could move him? Obviously, they're going to look for maybe a trade partner. Do you think they'll just cut him out right, or do you think they will get a trade for him? And, of course, you were drafted by the Redskins yourself in 2001, so you'd have some thoughts around that franchise as well. Well, the, the NFL is sort of like a garage sale. Um, you know, you, you have extra furniture, you've got extra clothes, you'd rather see if somebody else wants and maybe pay a little something for it before you just straight throw it in the garbage. So uh, I'm sure that the Redskins will... We'll try to get some sort of draft pick for him. I'm sure there's a there's a team or teams out there that would you know, give up something for him. I, I think the only difference is that his contract is way too big. Uh, he makes a, a huge salary next year at the end of his rookie contract here, so uh, he's going to have to change his, his contract completely, uh, which basically makes RG3 have to agree to that trade. So uh, there's a good chance that what's going to end up happening here is the Redskins may have to cut him just because nobody's going to want to pick up that contract. Yeah, it's amazing after that rookie season. Of course, he was a rookie of the year that year. He was absolutely phenomenal. He was one of the best players to watch in the whole NFL. So it's amazing since that injury against Seattle how things have turned around. We'll see where he ends up. I'm sure if he was cut, there'll be a number of teams that'll definitely want to take a look at him. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. On the other hand, as I mentioned, Andrew Luck, his career is going at a, a phenomenal pace. Have you uh, obviously have been impressed with him, I'm sure, but going as a, you know, we see rookie quarterbacks coming in now playing straight away. Has a rookie quarterback ever come in and played consistently as good, in your opinion, as he has in his first few years in the league? 
since I followed the NFL, um, I have never seen a quarterback come in and be this effective mm. right off the bat uh, and, and really carry his football team. Other quarterbacks have had a lot of success that are similar to uh, you know, Andrew Lux, guys like you know, Ben Roethlisberger and, and even you know, Tom Brady, who was a lower draft pick. Uh, they had a lot of success early, won Super Bowls early in their careers, but you know, for the most part, they weren't really carrying the team on their back. And uh, that's, that's one thing Andrew Luck has done. He has, at a very young age, put himself into position uh, to be a guy that's sort of similar to Aaron Rodgers and and Tom Brady and and Peyton Manning and those types of guys. That he really carries that football team. Uh, I've got a feeling that you know Andrew Luck was on the Indianapolis Colts, and it was just sort of one of your other. Uh, average quarterbacks in the NFL, they might only win, you know, five or six or seven football games. But with Andrew Luck, they're an 11 or 12 uh, win football team and, and the team that will you know, be hard to beat in the playoffs. Yeah, you talk as well about Roethlisberger in particular when he came in. He obviously had a big running game there in, uh, in Pittsburgh and they had a good defense. So you look at the, the Colts when he came in, they didn't really have a whole pile of anything after Peyton Manning was moved on to the Denver Broncos. So it is amazing what he's done. And I think both the way we're talking about this game, I think it's it's hard to see past the Colts win at home in this one. Yeah, I think the Colts are, are going to walk away with this. There's so much going on in Washington, uh, you know, on that team right now. And obviously, it's, it's Jay Gruden, the head coach's first year there. So, uh, you know, at this point, he may be obviously you want to win football games, but he may be trying to you know test some things out to, to evaluate for next season because the off season's going to be here before you know it for next season. So next season's not not the disaster that this season has been. Yeah, that's true. Obviously, uh, we got a few other questions in on Twitter. The other one that I've picked out to ask is uh, from a big Browns fan in the UK. His name's Simon Parkinson, and obviously Brian Hoyer led the team there to that, that late drive to win the game last week. And uh, he's asking, has Brian Hoyer hit his ceiling? You know, can he be better than what we've seen so far? Or uh, what do you think on his situation? And the other thing was, obviously, he's in a, in a contract year. Will he get a contract with the Browns, or do you think he'll have to go in the free agent market to try and get it somewhere else, obviously, with them drafting Johnny Manziel this, this year? Um, I think Brian Hoyer, you know, whether he stays in Cleveland can have a lot to do with the rest of this season. You know, uh, you know, they're they're in right now the most balanced division, the toughest division in football. All the teams have seven wins uh, so far, but uh, you know, I think that he's played really well. I like uh, what he has done with that offense. He doesn't have a real strong arm. He doesn't push the ball deep down the field, but he's very very accurate with the, the short underneath stuff. And and I think. You know, it's really interesting. We've talked now about RG3 and Brian Hoyer. Um, when RG3 had his most success, he was dealing with Kyle Shanahan at quarterback, who's now you know Brian Hoyer's offensive coordinator over in Cleveland. So uh, you know you start to start to, start to see that you know, some coordinators really understand how to make the most out of their quarterbacks, and they're two very different players. Brian Hoyer, more of a pocket passer, short intermediate thrower, and an RG3, a guy that can run and uh, and likes to throw the ball deep down the field. So. Two very different quarterbacks that Kyle Shanahan uh, has had a lot had a lot of success with, and, and sort of bringing out their strength. Yeah, obviously um, the next game up is I want to just mention the Cardinals and the Falcons, and the reason I wanted to talk about this was Drew Stanton. You know, he's getting his opportunity to injury now. When you were in the league, you got an opportunity with the the Houston Texans. I think it was at the time you mentioned on the last one that you got an opportunity to play consecutive games for a while uh, due to another uh, injury in the team. I think was that when Matt Schaub was there? Was that correct? Yes, that was uh, 2007, I think. Yeah. And at that there time, obviously, you get the chance to play on the team, and now, obviously, the Cardinals are going very well. They're, they're looking like they're going to win their division. But with what they had in Carson Palmer, do you think that, you know, obviously, they've talked up that, you know, they can still win a Super Bowl with Drew Stanton. Do you think that there is a realistic possibility with him under center? 
you know, I'd never, li- I'd never like to, you know, take down somebody's possibilities that, you know, Drew Stanton really hasn't had a chance to play yeah. uh, a lot in the NFL. Uh, so no one really knows. He's sort of a wild card. No one really knows how good he is. He has been a backup his whole career. But, uh, you know, the good thing with Drew Stanton is, and, you know, going back to, again, what we talked about with Ben Roethlisberger earlier, you know, Drew Stanton's got a, a good running game. Uh, he's got a, one of the best defenses in the NFL. So he doesn't have to go out there, just like Carson Palmer before his injury. Uh, the quarterback of the Arizona Cardinals does not have to go out there and win the football game all themselves. So I think Drew Stanton's going to have a nice little run here at the end of the year, and I think they're going to probably win uh, over half their football games because the team is so good. Uh, and Bruce Aarons has done a great job with that football team. But I think because the team is so good, they're going to get in the playoffs. But uh, usually to go deep into the playoffs, you have to have a really good quarterback. And, and uh, you know, it's sort of yet to, we yet to see whether whether Drew Stan is that guy. Yeah, obviously another reason that I wanted to ask about that was as well, you know, you are in the backup position, then you come in and you are the starter. How tough is it, you know, obviously you're preparing every week like you're going to play, but when you actually are playing, what's the change like there going from the, the backup to the actual starter, knowing that you're going to play week in, week out? Well, in both instances, you, you obviously prepare the same and know the game plan and know all the you know the checks and all the reads and what you're looking for, but... You know, the biggest difference is that the starter uh, throughout the week practices with the starting offense and the backup gets almost no work with the starting offense. So, you know, mostly for the most part, you're running the scout team and, and run the other team's plays to help out uh, your defense. So, you know, the, the week is actually much more strenuous when you are the starter. Uh, you, you do have the chance to run all your own plays and go through all your own reads, but you know, obviously the, the head coach wants, you know, perfection in practice and so there's there's pressure throughout the week uh, to have a perfect practice when you're when you're the starter but when you're the backup you can just go out and run the scout team and it's not always a big deal when you throw an interception or, or throw a few incompletions in a row because the defense is sort of set to stop you but uh so there's a little more work during the week uh, i think a little more stress uh, during the week when you're the starter but you know on game day it's nice to have those extra you know offensive team reps yeah, and I think in this game as well, I think the Cardinals will likely, you know, you mentioned they'll probably win half the games from here on out, so I think they'll win this to help them on the course for that division. The other question I wanted to ask you just before we finish up, and it just came into my head there when you were talking about going from the backup to the, the starter, Brian Hoyer, we talked about him, and he had uh, two interceptions thrown last week, and both were on passes to um, Josh Gardner, who just came back last week, he targeted him 16 times. Obviously, when a player of that caliber comes back, I don't know if you ever had that situation where a player came back in who had been missing for maybe through injury or whatever for a certain amount of time and then came back in. How much would it be in your mind if you were Brian Hoyer to be targeting a player like Josh Gordon once he came back into the team? Well, I think that there were, you know, it's interesting that, that people talked about going into that game that Josh Gordon was, you know, maybe not going to play that much, maybe yeah. 20 or 30 snaps. Uh, when you usually in an NFL game, there's 60 to 70 offensive snaps, but, uh, uh, I, I really thought that Josh was going to play a lot in that football game, and he ended up playing, you know, the entire game and, and fully entrenched right away as sort of the guy they wanted to get the ball to. And, and there's a reason for that. He's one of the best receivers in the NFL. Uh, he's fresh from not playing the first half of the season, so he, he has an advantage there. Uh, there's always, always going to be a little bit of timing stuff, but you know, Gordon did practice with the team all off season. He practiced with the team during training camp and so it's not like he was just signed off the street and, and they didn't know what he could do plus brian hoyer was with them all of last year uh, under the under the other staff so you know i think that uh, they want to get him the ball but uh no, for no other reason than that he's one of the best players in their football team and you always want to get uh, a top receiver of the football as many times as you can yeah those two interceptions came both and passed him did you see the the interception at the back of the end zone when the defensive back picked it off and josh kind of gave up on that right how, how much? I, I don't think I would blame the quarterback too much on that. If you did see it, did you see that interception? 
Uh, I did. I did. And, you know, as a quarterback, there's there's times where you take risks and you take chances to uh, give your receiver a chance. And, and, you know, a lot of times you, you want to put the ball uh, high or somewhere, a guy like Gordon who's tall, you want to put it high in a way. So we, either Gordon gets the ball uh, or sort of, you know, sails out of bounds. And so I think Hoyer just missed on that throw and he'd like to have that one back. Obviously, we've uh, been talking along, and any of the listeners will know now that obviously you played quarterback in the National Football League. You definitely know your stuff, talking both the position and talking just about the National Football League. You're doing a lot of stuff now on the media. You're doing some writing as well. And, of course, your Twitter handle is at Sage Rosenfels 18 the, the number you wore when you were playing in the National Football League. Uh, anywhere that the, the listeners can find out some of your more recent stuff? You know, I'm, I'm not, uh, I haven't been doing a lot of Ryan the last uh, few weeks. I've been doing a little more TV. I, I've been working with the Vikings a little bit uh, and doing some post-game shows. And so, you know, I just sort of do a little of this, a little of that. It's, it's a nice retirement. I don't have to go out there and have a, have a real job. I, I get to do some radio shows, get to do some TV, get to do a little bit of writing here and there, uh, and just sort of, uh, you know, go as the day goes and, and chase my kids around and try to keep them out of trouble. Sounds good. You mentioned the Vikings. They'll just pull you up. Teddy Bridgewater, your thoughts on him this season so far? You know, I, I think that it's been a mixed bag with Teddy. I think that he's done some good things. I think he's shown a lot of positives for a rookie, uh, things such as not turning the ball over a lot, not a lot of interceptions. Uh, you know, he's been smart in the pocket, doesn't take a lot of sacks. But, you know, I think you guys showed he doesn't have a really strong arm. He's got a sort of an average NFL arm, I think one that's good enough to, to win this league. But you know, he's not going to have that... Uh, that Andrew Luck or, or Aaron Rodgers type arm, and he's just never going to have that. So he's going to find different ways to, to win. You know, he's going to have to find different ways to win, and I think that uh, I think he's done a nice job. I think the team is, is okay. The, the defense has improved significantly, uh, but the offense really doesn't have any, any threats right now. They lost Adrian Peterson for basically the entire season, uh, so that's their premier player on offense. And they don't really have a, a go-to number one receiver like you know Calvin Johnson or or any of those types of sort of top 10 or top even 15 receivers, they just really don't have one. And uh, they've got Greg Jennings and, and some other good players. But, you know, Power Rudolph, who has also been their sort of go-to tight end over the last year, he's, he's been out for most of the season as well with, with, hip, with hip surgery. So uh, he hasn't had very many weapons, and I think he's done an okay job. Yeah, I think too. When you we talked about Andrew Luck, he exploded onto the scene and just kept going. And we talked about RG three done so well. So, you know, most rookie quarterbacks come in, they play at a medium enough level. We've seen Derek Carr. You have your ups, your downs, and you know, overall, it's after two or three years that you see them start to become more consistent. So I think Teddy Bridgewater is on that right development path. Of course, I mentioned uh, the Twitter handle. Make sure the listeners go and follow it at Sage Rosenfels eighteen. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you again, Sage. Hope to have you on again in the future. And uh, of course, as it is Thanksgiving, and you'll be celebrating that stateside. Uh, have a good Thanksgiving. Again, thanks for having me on. Hey, this is Scott Fujita, former NFL linebacker and Super Bowl champion, and you're listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. So, DJ, that was Sage Rosenfels. Be sure and give him a t- follow on Twitter. A lot of fun having him on the show, as always. It's always interesting getting his perspective. And, uh, you know, he's he's played in the league for 10 years, so obviously he knows a lot about playing quarterback, a lot more than uh, I'll ever know about playing quarterback. So, great to get him on. Look forward to having him on the show again in the future. DJ, as we uh, talked about all the games now, we've uh, obviously we do our lock of the week on each and every show. So, we're going to go in now and do our lock of the week. The OTI Lock of the Week. So, DJ, the last two weeks on the show, I've gone for the home team decision. I've gone for the Green Bay Packers, and my last two lock of the weeks proved to be the correct call. Will I be going for the Green Bay Packers this week as my lock of the week? I'm sure that would be one that would really uh, really get under your skin, but uh, we'll let you pick your lock of the week first. Who are you going for this week in your OTI lock of the week? Well, Colin, there's two possibilities. I'm trying to decide which one to go with, and 
it is going to be a team from New York. It's not going to be the Jets, though. It's going to be the New York Giants. So did you go with the New York Football Giants to convincingly beat the Jacksonville Jaguars? I think, you know, I nearly, I was on the fence there, DJ, but I think I'll agree with you now. I think the, G- the Giants will take that one. DJ, I'm going for a team in the NFC North. And no, it's not a team close to my heart. It's a different team in the NFC North. It's not the Packers. I'm going to go, DJ, with the Detroit Lions playing at Ford Field at home, taking on the Bears. I haven't been impressed with the Bears at all in recent weeks. I think they've been a bit of a, a mess, if I'm honest with you. I haven't been uh, enjoying anything. I've seen, Well, I've been enjoying it, but uh, not, for, not for reasons of watching football. I've been enjoying seeing them not win. But the Lions, DJ, didn't score a touchdown last week, didn't score a touchdown the week before, and I think they're going to score a couple of touchdowns this week. I think Calvin Johnson should have a field day against this uh, secondary and you know, we'll see what happens. I think Jay Cutler will probably throw a few touchdowns too, but he'll also throw a number of interceptions, in my opinion. I would go for Cutler's interception total to be at least two, and I'm going for my lock of the week is the Detroit Lions on Thanksgiving Night Football. So, DJ, all the games previewed. Obviously, we'll be having a competition again, giving away a t-shirt this week in Overtime Ireland uh, on the Twitter handle. I forgot last week, DJ, to set up the competition, so I do take full responsibility for that mistake last week. We'll be giving away a t-shirt this week. I you that. Oh, the, the boos come in from the audience. But uh, I will be giving a, setting it up this week. I'll set it up in good time. I'll make sure that I get it tweeted out. I'll make sure I get the entries in. Our game this week, DJ, is going to be none other than the game that we previewed, the game that we talked about there just a few moments ago, and that was the New England Patriots against the Green Bay Packers at Lambeau Field. One of the best games of the season so far, and uh, DJ, since we started the podcast, the first time the Packers and the Patriots have met, so looking forward to talking about that game on Monday, but that is going to be our game for the competition this week, giving away an Overtime Ireland t-shirt for the closest correct score do stay tuned to the at overtime ireland twitter feed as always we'll be posting up all the new articles on the site onto our feed we'll be posting up the podcast as always when it comes out i'll be getting some interaction with you guys so anything you've heard in the show this week you didn't agree with maybe you agreed with some of the stuff let us know hit us up on twitter it's at overtime ireland anything you want to get in touch with the the email is at overtime ireland at at overtime ireland gmail.com overtime ireland at gmail.com if you have anything that won't fit into that twitter space obviously if you've liked the show please do subscribe and uh, we'll have you back here for our recap show on monday so that'll be out late monday night so until then dj i guess that's all that's left to say is then i'm colin and i'm dj and until then have a good one go pack go thank you for listening to the overtime ireland american football podcast Please follow us on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. Check out OvertimeIreland.com and continue to spread the word. This has been an Overtime Ireland production.